Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to Melanated Stamps. I'm so glad you found me in my little corner of the world. My name is Dr. Jenea Perdue, and I'm currently an expat, which means I live abroad in Shenzhen, China. But I am from Denver, Colorado, and I love living abroad, and I love my town, Denver. I have a special series now, which is called Denver Wild Black, and this is when I share um, stories and conversations that I have with black folks from my hometown Denver. Denver has a reputation of being extremely white, which it is, but there are some dope black folks who are doing some incredible things and I love to showcase them. I strongly believe that when we hear narratives we become empowered as people to advocate for those that sometimes, oftentimes, don't get a lot of credit or are assumed to be something that they're not. So, without further ado, this conversation is with Billy. He is a father and an entrepreneur, and he has an incredible organization focusing on financial empowerment and bringing skill sets to black and brown youth in Denver, Colorado. He'll be talking to us about fatherhood and um, finances and being a black person in corporate and all kinds of great things. Can't wait for you to hear his journey and his story. Please follow my work at Melanated Stamps, M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D-S-T-A-M-P-S. And also at the end of this or at the end of this conversation, I will share with you again how to find me and also how to support Billy. All right, enjoy y'all. Hello everyone. Welcome to Melanated Stamps. My name is Dr. Janaya Purdue, and today I have an amazing guest. This is a part of my podcast series called Denver Wild Black, and this is when I talk to black folks who are, live and reside in Denver. Um, the reason why I do this is because with all of the shenanigans of um, and the conversations that we're having with uh, racial justice and um, I feel as though when we amplify black stories and black conversations, black voices, that it um, individualizes the statistics that we see in the news and on social media. So um, today, I'm so excited to introduce you to, can you share with people who you are? Uh, Yeah, my name is Billy Hilton, uh, born and raised in Denver, Colorado. Oh, you're a native. Oh my gosh. What is your story like? How did your parents get here? Or was it your grandma or grandpa? Like, how did you get here? Yeah, it's it's, it's a crazy story, actually. Uh, so my parents are from Texas. Both of them are from Texas. And, uh, they moved here um, a little bit before I was born. But mm-hmm. basically, my father, my grandfather... Um, he was raised in Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. And at that time, his his mother, my great grandmother, actually was uh, working on, you know, um, a sharecropper field. Hmm. And from what I was told, uh, my grandfather had an issue, and he actually had to put his hands on the, the sharecropper. So they actually fled to Texas at that time. Um, that's how they, they they went to Texas, and then you know. Uh, from there, my father grew up uh, in Texas and moved down here, and and that's that's you know that's how I got here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was just reading a, the book by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, 
I forget which one it's called, but it's either Warmth of Other Suns or the cast. Warmth of Other Suns when it talks about the black migration. And so now that uh, I've read it and I hear about black folks moving to Denver, it's all at about the same time. And so, cause my family, we all moved at about the same time also. Um, yeah, cool. So how, what do you do to be occupied in Denver? Um, I mean, a lot of my time goes towards my family. Um, a lot of my, my free time, I do make sure that, um, regardless of what I'm doing with, uh, my side ventures, my nonprofit organization, I always set the additional time <laughs> to make sure that I'm spending time with my, my kids and my wife. Um, that's, that's where the bulk of my, my time goes for Denver. But we, you know, we go to the movies, we, we go out to probably Colorado Springs every once in a while for the zoo or sightseeing, um, you know, other things like that, just to, just to explore, you know, the uh, Colorado, basically. Oh, my goodness. And so you have a family, you have babies. How old are they, and what are they up to? Yeah, I have, I have three kids. My daughter's the oldest. Um, she's 14. Her name's Shayla. Uh, my son is 11. His name's Malik. And then I I have a, uh, a one-year-old, Marcus, you know, and he, he's actually, he keeps me... You know, he makes sure that I wake up early in the morning and he makes sure that I go to sleep on time at night. Absolutely. Know? That's what one-year-olds do. 100%. Right. Congratulations. That's amazing. Good for you. Yes. Uh, I am curious about um, what is, like, black fatherhood like right now? Uh, and, like, what are you thinking? What are what are some of, the, like, your thoughts about you being a black father black man raising black kids right now like it's you know it's 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 definitely not 100 of what i expected you know um kind of growing up my father he was really really strict on making sure that i work uh work hard and and, you know get get to where i need to and and at this time a lot of that has shifted Mm. Um, and our mindset is really around making sure my kids understand financial uh, literacy aspects of the world uh, mm. because, you know, as they get older and, and the stuff that I'm trying to build for them, regardless of what they want to do, I want to make sure they, they do whatever they want to do when they get older. But I also want to make sure that they understand how to manage the finances or the generational, uh, generational wealth that I'm trying to build for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is about making sure that not only do they do well in school, you know, that's, that's just one aspect of everything, but being savvy on how to navigate through the world as well. Uh, we all know that we do have to interact, um, certain ways while you're around, you know, it could be, it could be police or it can be, um, you know, just, just different cultures as well. And, and just to make sure that they understand how to navigate through those effectively, um, is, is a big, is a big deal for, you know, my wife and I. Mm. Can you share a little bit more about like what that's like with um, how how you are teaching your kids to interact with law enforcement or interacting with folks that look different than them, um, and just like the the systems that we find ourselves in that are not always kind to us. Right. Yeah. It's 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 an everyday thing. So I mean, basically, as we're driving or anything like that, they understand that. If there is a police car that drives up behind us, not to look back at all because for some weird reason, police feel like that is, um, uh, you know, cause 
to, to pull somebody over, you know, mm. or just to, to uh, you know, harass somebody for lack of a better, a better word. Um, but, you, you know, basically just, just how to respond to certain situations. Uh, they do understand that um, certain certain laws and, and what the police can and can't do or what they can ask or what they can't ask. And they have been in, in the car multiple times as, as we have been pulled over mm. for no reason at all. You know, so they, they've seen that. Uh, from their side, and they also understand that while they're not all police are like that, it's still um, a situation to where they do have to, to um, you know, kind of check those boxes if they are confronted with those type of situations. Um, also, you know, interacting with people of other couple cultures, uh, they, they see me all the time. I do work in a corporate, a corporate world as well, and they see that I do act, um, you know, um, a little bit different than I act around them as well, you know, because there are those those stigmas that regardless of how I present myself and how I communicate with others, mm. uh, they still have that perspective of me. I mean, they still look at me um, like I'm just another, you know, guy that's from the hood that just got lucky enough to be in that, that position. And I can see that. Um, but also my kids can see that difference as well and, and how that, how that uh, interactions that I have with people of other cultures, for sure. Wow. Like, as you are teaching your kids right now, because um, if I remember correctly, um, the Elijah McClain case just finished. I don't even. I don't even know like where we are in the case right now. Were they? Were the police officers indicted? Are they going uh, to jail they yet? That was just, yeah, now it's a couple weeks ago that they have been indicted for, for murder. Uh, the paramedics as well. So that's that's where we currently are at this moment. Okay. So regarding, like, the police violence, um, specifically with this case, because that's, like, right down the street, um, how are you talking with your kids about, um, like, letting them know about the the beauty and the amazingness of being black while also this is the reality and like are they are they asking these questions yet at 14 11 and 1 maybe not one. Oh yeah oh yeah no they're, they're definitely asking the questions um also make it a point to see how they feel about the situations as well hmm. um i made the point early on to make sure that they, they embrace their cultures too and they do uh, quite a bit actually my son uh, he, he's definitely an advocate, you know, of, of um, you know, racial equality mm. for sure. I mean, he brings it up quite a bit, um, and he does. I mean, he, he explores his own topics. He comes to me and he asks me questions about it, and I am a hundred percent straight up with him. Um, I tell him the, the the truth about everything, and I kind of gauge on how he feels about it. Sometimes, you know, he'll express his his version or his aspect of a situation, and we we have that that discussion. Um, you know, about, about the impact as well. You know, um, also make sure that we do discuss um, the importance of making sure that, that he strives and continues to, to kind of, you know, dig in and understand those aspects of his history too. Um, same thing with my daughter as well. She's a little bit more quiet about it, um, but she is very aware of everything that's going on and mm -hmm. she is, is quite forthcoming with her, her perspective and things as well. Um, but it's always an open dialogue. It's 100% truth back and forth and they understand that too, uh, just to make sure that, that um, you know, there's no sugarcoating around just reality of life, you know, for the kids. Yeah. 
So, like, that's the sad part. What is, like, the the beauty and the greatness that you're able, like, what are some of the things that, like, really make you smile about being a dad right now? Uh, just, just watching the kids really, you know, grow themselves, mm. um, becoming independent, you know, um, striving to be excellent, um, in their own, in their own creativity. Um, you know, I mean, my son always challenges himself, uh, himself to do a lot better than he's done before. Uh, my daughter, she always, you know, kind of drives herself to, to make sure she, she's uh, staying productive. But at the same time, they also, you know, they, they look at me and, and they keep me on point, too, uh, especially with my side ventures. My daughter always kind of pushes and makes sure that I'm staying on point. Uh, if I'm slacking a little bit, she definitely makes sure that, that she lets me know, you know, to get back on track as mm-hmm. well. Um, but it's really seeing that in them that that's quite amazing for me, um, especially with being a dad. I mean, it's all, you know, every year with the kids, it's always something new and, and something great. Um, but it's always awesome to see that they have their own personalities and they're, they're striving to be, you know, um, some really good and well, uh, you know, uh, uh, educated kids for sure. Ah, I am so excited. You know, uh, the only connection that I really have to America right now is Facebook. And so every time that I see, like, any of those, like, repostable Black Father things, I, it's always on my page. I, I love it. Yes. You guys are doing great. And I'm, like, rooting for you guys. Like, you can do it. Yes. Oh. So you talked about um, the um, financial literacy piece that you were bringing or that you're instilling in your kids. And so I know based on my own research, um, and I think like a lot of the stigma that um, folks have is like black people don't have no money. And, you know, even if I've heard like white folks say, even if you give them them a million dollars, they'll burn it. And all these like really, really um, uneducated opinions about um, acquisition of wealth and all the things. And so... I don't even really know where to start with this, but before we talk about your nonprofit or your organization, I want to know about like what your thoughts are about um, generational wealth building, um, black wealth within within the community, and teaching that. Actually, yeah, it's you know growing up. Basically, I grew up a uh, big part. I was born in the '80s, but you know, '90s is where I, I really kind of established my 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 personality. Um, but growing up in the '90s, with not as much asset access to to the type of information that we do have today, you know, I was kind of in my my own the world of my own neighborhood, basically. You know, mm-hmm. and there was gangs around. Uh, um, a lot of drug dealing and stuff like that, right? And that's kind of what you see in these movies and these TV shows, right? The kids looking up to, you know, or, or a lot of drug dealing shows that are that, that the kids see, um, and that's something that I've seen within that 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 um, that time frame. Now I'm seeing a big shift in uh, entrepreneurship, hmm. you know, with with this current generation um, and, and my peers as well in Denver, Colorado, I see a lot of people really putting a lot of in- energy into building their own, uh, creating their own businesses, um, and, and investing, um, talking about stocks and everything. And it's, it's actually really great to see that shift, you know, and, and the crazy thing about that is that I'm not seeing that same content in media, TV shows mm-hmm. and everything like that. Like, 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 you know, while I was growing up, seeing these other things. Um, but, I mean, every time I'm on Facebook, I just see, you know, friends I grew up with, you know, starting their own business, 
their own nonprofits as well. Um, and I think it's something that that's you know um, starts starts and is going to develop and create a ripple uh, for the future generations as well. Um, and as far as generational wealth, same same situation. You have to start somewhere, um, and and you know seeing everybody kind of build uh, their own their their own. Uh, Empires, I guess I should say, um, is it, really pleasant to see at, at, the, at this time. But I do see that there's a big shift happening right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, how are How is the black community getting this information? And how is it being spread throughout the community right now? Uh, well, speaking for myself, um, a lot of that information, we're, we're actually passing it to each other. Oh, you know, great. with these groups that are being created, there's uh, there's there's the uh, the black business group for Denver, uh, even on Facebook. You know, a lot of people post stuff. Um, I get a lot of book references mm. from these groups, um, podcast, everything. It, it's really like kind of a, a group information uh, hub that we're kind of passing mm. around to each other, and that's what we use uh, to help each other out. You know, if somebody's asking a question about. Uh, where can I get funding for a business grant? You know, I mean, there are tons of people in there showing support, providing the references, uh, and I think that's that's a big uh, a big portion of how we are all being able to to kind of create these, um, you know, uh, start these businesses right now. Oh, that makes me so happy. I feel like, um, and I don't know for sure because, like, I left right after. Uh, I don't know when I left, it was about three years ago, but like there was a major shift that I feel like I missed out on because I decided to come over to Asia um, with black communities realizing that like these systems are not made for us and we need to like go into it ourselves in order for us to, to grow. And there was a huge, for because I was born at about the same time you were. Um, and so like folks are, they're like, this this is this this world's not made for us so let's let's uh, build each other up and is that what yep. is that what's actually happening or am i just making this up no no that's 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 definitely a, a sparking point because you know where i grew up where i grew up at northeast denver basically in park hill a lot of gentrification occurred around yeah. that time you know a little bit before you know a little bit before you left um but the, by the time that we realized what we can do to, to 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 slow it down. It was a little bit too late for those areas, and I think that kind of generated um, a lot of interest in trying to make sure that that doesn't happen to you know the communities communities that we do have left here in in uh, in Denver. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely that that uh, that spark that we did see certain things that were not um, in our favor. You know that we weren't too pleased about. So. I think yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Ooh, I'm so glad that folks are like not um, keeping this information to themselves. Like they see the value of sharing it, so that we all can grow together and be great together. That's amazing. Right. I agree. I agree. Oh yes. So, um, okay. Before we talk about your organization again, I want to I want to ask like for the person who has a desire to not be in the malarkey that they find themselves in financially. And they're like, okay, I'm sick and tired of being poor. 
and not making ends meet or not not being successful um what do you suggest for that person who is ready but just doesn't even know what what to do my uh, my my feedback for them would be to establish a goal establish a long term goal it can be one of those high in the sky goals uh, for you know where they want to finish at once they have that figure out where they need to start and don't wait until you feel that you're ready jump in and get started and you can learn as you go um, that's that's what I have always done um, I've always been nervous about jumping into new ventures or starting something new um, and I found myself waiting until I was quote-unquote ready but time passes by when you wait till you're ready you'll never be ready um, so you might as well just jump in and, and, and get it started. Uh, that'll be my best feedback from them. Um, and as you jump in there, each level that you, that you pass, you'll see that there's, there's new levels, but you're, you already know how to, how to do the research to, uh, to tackle those next goals. Mm. I think that's really good advice for literally anybody who's trying to do anything. Cause I say the same thing to people who are like, you know what? I'm tired of America. I want to leave. And I'm like, okay, leave. And they're like, but what's the first step? And I was like, pack a suitcase and go somewhere like just just try and then if you fail there's 200 other countries you can try like go just right. just try yeah google it yep. for a little bit and go for it yes exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. yeah okay now let's talk about your organization what is it how did it get started what is this all about so uh the righteous project inc is a nonprofit organization i created in 2020 and I mean, there's, there's a dozen of reasons why I started, but uh, the biggest ones are um, I've noticed that there is a financial gap uh, between providing uh, really good programs for kids and, um, you know, and removing that, that financial burden from families that have to uh, pay for those certain programs. Summer programs, for example, that cost a couple thousands. A couple thousand dollars for a week, um, and not a lot of people have that type of money. So there are a lot of kids out there that don't have the access to a lot of interests uh, that they really want to accomplish. And I want to bridge that gap uh, between that. So right now, our biggest focus is providing financial literacy programs for um, for our youth in our community, uh, and just making sure that they have uh, a sound, um, you know, a sound piece of information that they can use once they start going into, uh, you know, the world after they graduate high school. Um, financial literacy is definitely an important piece uh, for them to understand how not to get into debt, but mm. to continue to build on, on their uh, on their wealth as well. That is the start, but we also want to bridge into providing in, uh, computer programming, entrepreneurship courses, as well as uh, criminal justice. We want to make sure that they're, they are well-rounded and ready to accomplish, um, you know, just about anything that, that, that they, they encounter uh, going into the world. Um, but basically, the biggest thing about it, we want to make it 100% free. Uh, no ads, no, you know, um, uh, promotions or anything like that. They click on it, they can take the courses, and they get that, that understanding. That's, that's our goal. Oh, I love it. What is like the like how are you how how did you build this? Because that is fantastic. And who you are know, you honestly, working with? Like how does this how does this go? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's it kinda of goes back to just jumping in and getting started. Hmm. Uh, at that time I had no idea about how to start a nonprofit organization. I mean I I, I do have a uh, degree in business management, but um, I didn't have any idea what 
for how to to start uh, a nonprofit. And I was like, okay, let's just get this started. I did research, found out how to get it registered, and we kind of started from there. I uh, reached out to people on Facebook and told them what I was trying to do, and uh, you know, I got a board uh, uh, together, and from there, we just started small fundraisers here and there, just to try to get funds to help, you know, build the website, the business licenses, and. Um, you know, get us 501c3 certified, which we are now as well. Congratulations, because um, that's big there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and one thing, one big big piece about it is always my biggest fear was doing the 501c3 application. So I wanted to hire a lawyer. Um, and I invested in uh, Dogecoin a couple of years ago, which actually exploded earlier this year. So I put like 50 bucks in. And, you know, not thinking about it, I just put some into a small penny stock. And once it started blowing up, um, I seen that that it, it went up to about, uh, uh, about I think about thirteen hundred dollars. That was enough to actually get a uh, to get a lawyer firm to help me with the nonprofit organization. So when you're talking about you know things just getting put in place, I mean that was definitely a sign uh, that that yep. this is what we were supposed to do. And and it really jump jump started just a lot of things that we're currently able to do at this at this moment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. I love it. Thank you. Yes. So, um, what are you, let's see. I have two questions. So one is, um, when someone finds your website, like who is like your ideal person? So like they just Google you and they're like, okay, I'm interested now. No, no. What do you, what do I do now? So my target right now um, is, is basically parents that feel like they need that that uh, financial literacy as well, but also know that their kids uh, can benefit can benefit from it too. So mm-hmm. when they search the, the the website initially, I want to make sure that the parents are the ones that are um, interested first. They come to the website, they see the things that we're we're offering, um, and there's a registration uh, page up there right away for them to register their kids too. Um, but those are generally who, who I would like to uh, reach out to, you know, because me being a parent and, and just really getting into this, uh, uh, you know, financial, um, you know, literacy information just within the last few years, know that there's a lot of other parents out there that mm-hmm. feel the same way. So I want to make sure that they, um, you know, they're, they're opted in and they're interested as well because, you know, as the kids uh, take these courses, the parents can learn as well. So there's going to be a double how are you hoping to expand so like when people hear about your organization I'm sure that uh, there are still things that you wish that you could get done but you just I mean there's 24 hours in a day so for someone who's hearing this podcast and they're like I like this and I want to help what are some things that you're like great you can go do this so what are you, what are some things that you are needing people to help you with short short term uh right now since since we just got our online courses launched i'm looking for coaches 
that would be more than willing to help um, kind of do a virtual session with kids if they're interested for these these courses. Um, that, that's a short-term goal. Our, our biggest goal is we want to get our programs into actual schools or even a facility to where kids can come, families can come, and we can teach uh, courses, you know, uh, in person. Something mm-hmm. hands-on, that's really what I, I want to tackle. I mean, you can do courses online. Um, everybody has their own, own way of, of learning. Sure. Right? But being able to get people in and hands-on um, will create a little bit more of an impact because, I mean, they, they retain uh, that information a lot better. Yeah. Um, it's more exciting for the person as well. You know, I, I feel like I facilitate a group of people a lot lot more with a lot more energy in a room versus, you know, just, just on a computer for sure. For sure. And I think that all of us are, like, Zoom exhausted. And so, yes, it is hard being on the Internet all the time. Yes, I love it. Very cool. Um, so thank you for sharing about that. Let's um, let's see. Okay, so let's transition into um, your corporate life. So that, like you said before that you have lots of side things that you're doing. So you have this nonprofit. You're also a manager. So what is what is this corporate life that you're talking about? Um. So I've, I've been you know, at my company for about 10 years now. This is the first and the longest company I've ever worked for. Um, and I have moved my way up in the ranks as well. So so I am a, a manager, you know, at these locations. And I feel like I've definitely done quite a bit to help help the organization as well. Um, it actually taught me quite a bit about how to be a leader too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a, that other aspect that, that we have, you know, with culture and uh, diversity and everything that, you know, uh, that, that you see it in, in, you know, the corporate world all the time. And with everything that happened last year, we all know that companies went through uh, diversity trainings and uh, wanted to bring more awareness around it. Um, and even being in Denver, Colorado, is not the most uh, diverse, you know, area, uh, especially when you're in the corporate world. There's a small percentage of, uh, you know, uh, African-Americans that are not, uh, in those in those higher positions. Hmm. Oh no! You know that yeah. I the, the um, just you know the, the the subject matter. You know, mm. and, and just looking around and, and seeing that those those videos impact me a lot more than they do my peers. You know, my peers don't really grasp the you know the idea around how. Um, um, un, un, unconscious bias impacts, you know, people like us. We see it all the time, and we can see how people interact. And sometimes they don't understand how offensive they can be, um, and even their actions that they t- take. You know, you, I mean, you can you, you can really see it um, from my end. But for them to go through the video, the trainings, and we have the discussions, it's obvious that um, they do not really understand that impact you know and, and it's really it's crazy uh, it's crazy to see how even though these companies are taking that type of approach that I'm not really seeing the impact being made uh, with, with that type of um, realization <laughs> oh yes there's just so much that needs to be done for sure um, right. so for folks who are not in corporate may or may not be black or may or may not be white. Um, can you talk about 
or give examples of what the uncomfort is with being black in corporate. So like, what are some things that you've seen, heard, felt that you know that this is not a place where you are welcome? Um, there's, there's many aspects for sure, but you know, uh, I've experienced, you know, just, just having to dress exactly how they want you to dress in order for you to get that position, talk exactly how you, how, how they want you to talk to get that role, um, and, and present yourself and even overlook, um, certain, certain areas that can be, that can be, um, uh, you know, inappropriate in certain ways, you know, in order to, to fit in that model. And if you don't do that, then you will not get that position. You'll not get that role. Um, you'll be kind of set in a, in a certain, uh, um, you know, in a certain um, um, circle, basically, um, if you, don't, you, you do not match everything that, that's expected um, on that, on, on, from their perspective, basically. And mm. um, I have experienced the financial uh, or the, the salary gap situations multiple times mm. um, where there are, you know, people of, uh, you know, of another, another race that, that is, is either, you know, equally qualified or more qualified, uh, but they actually got the bigger um, uh, salary boost when they got the promotion, even though we got promoted around the same time. Mm. Those, those things are definitely real, you know, and, and to actually, experience those things in the corporate world and you know even hearing hearing about it um it's just crazy to see that it's is still those type of things that that occur Mm -hmm. so within corporate right now and with dei or the diversity equity inclusion training you shared that like you know corporate environments are doing what they can in order but what they can is basically like hiring a consultant. Y'all need to watch these videos, and then it's gonna be miraculous. Everything's gonna be perfect and better. But you're saying that it's not the case. So, can you share a bit about like what, like if you were in charge of DEI, um, or could or if you had the ear to someone who was doing DEI, like what actually needs to be done in order for there to be a cultural shift for that creates an environment that's conducive to folks that are not just white? You know, I think that's, that's a really good question. It's a big question for sure. Um, from my perspective, I think what's lacking is actual, um, uh, a team, team building aspects, uh, that, that people don't really identify with. We can talk all day about what the video represents or how we feel about it, but until we live the life and, and, you know, or they, they, they live the life in somebody else's shoes, they don't, they won't really understand that, you know, um, and we can't get there a hundred percent, but being able to really identify, you know, you know, hanging out with somebody, um, you know, and seeing where they come from, uh, kind of sharing past stories with each other. I mean, building that type of relationship, you know, I think is key. Um, and I don't really see a lot of corporate corporate uh, companies going to that extent. It's more about just checking off a box, showing you a video, having a discussion, and then let's go ahead and move on. Basically, just be sensitive uh, or be cautious.
cautious of what you say around certain people, you know, or else you're going to get in trouble. That's that's what, what I get from it. Uh, but I think we should take it a lot further, you know, really, um, you know, just, just digging in and, and understanding everybody's culture uh, to the fullest extent. Like I said, not 100%. We won't get there 100%, but I think um, what what we need to, to understand is, is how and why uh, people operate the way they do. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what suggestions would you give to a young you in corporate? Man, oh, just just continue to be yourself. Don't feel like you have to change who you are in order to get to that next role. Um, you know, I mean, just just keep you know keep your keep your spirit, keep your drive, and good things will happen to you. You don't have to change who you are uh, in order to be, you know, to become successful. Success comes in many ways, so um, just understanding that will go a long way. You know, if I if I were to talk to myself when I was younger, yeah, I love it. Um, okay, and then how are you balancing all of these things? So, like fatherhood, husbandhood, corporate, nonprofit. I'm sure you take a nap sometimes. I don't know. Maybe you eat. I'm not really sure. How what how how are you able to do all of this? Because there's a lot. Yeah, it, it it is a lot, and I think I stack my plate on purpose just to make sure that I stay productive and busy. Um, but I do, you know, there's times I do I do get overwhelmed as well, so I take a break. But the biggest factor for me is no matter what I do, I'm at my job at my corporate office and I dedicate 100% during those eight hours when I get off and I get home I spend you know a few hours on my side ventures but I make sure that's 100% as well um, but I also make sure that, that that time is set aside for my family too no matter what no matter where I'm at no matter if I'm behind on a couple of uh, projects or emails if I have that free time with my kids and my family that day then that's what I'm going to be doing is spending time with them I can always get back to my, my you know, my side ventures. Um, the corporate office is always going to be there whenever I go in and clock in. Uh, but something that I want to make sure that I don't miss out on is, the, you know, my, my family uh, my family time for sure. Um, so it's really prioritizing time management. I do get my hours of sleep when my, when my son, my one-year-old, when he goes to sleep, I'll go to sleep. He'll wake me up. So he, he keeps me on track with at least getting a few hours of sleep. Uh, but overall, I think the biggest thing is just understanding when I need to, um, you know, relax and, and kind of set those projects aside and spend time with, with the family. That's, that's the biggest um, motivator to help me stay on track. Oh, that makes me so happy. Okay, so these are the questions that I ask everybody. Um, and you can answer them in either order that you want. Um, I want to know what it's like. You've already shared a little bit about it, but like, what is it like to be a black man or however you identify in 2021? And also, what is it like to be black in Denver? You can take those and flip them or yes, but I want to know those two. Black man in 2021, 2021, black in Denver. Um, I think right now being, being a black man in 2021, we are definitely in a position to make some big changes, changes that we have always uh, wanted to uh, accomplish. I think right now is definitely the time uh, to keep the momentum going. And I'm, I'm proud, you know, that, that I am 
able to be involved with this type of process uh, at this moment in my life. So I think that's, that's a really, it's, it's really uh, uh, comforting to know that, you know, not only, it's not only me that sees uh, these opportunities at this moment, but, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely working towards something great. Um, and that, that's what I enjoy. And that's, that's how I feel about, you know, being a black man in 2021. Definitely a lot of big things going on uh, all around. Being black in Denver, it's, it's, you, to be real, you don't understand the aspect until you venture out into other places. I mean, the furthest I've gone out of the country is Tijuana, right? But it's until I, 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 I went to Atlanta, Georgia a couple years ago that I, that I seen true, true black culture for sure, you know, and, mm-hmm. and. You know, being being here in Colorado, we do have our our areas to where um, you know we, we we reside: Park Hill, Montbello, um, East Side, Five Points. Um, but then once you 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 go you know downtown or to the restaurants or anything, that 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 culture shifts shifts, and you know it's a lot different experience than, than than what I had when I went to Atlanta for sure. So being out here, um, I still think that. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Denver uh, with the black community, um, and and I mean while while we're getting started, I think that we still have a long way to go. Um, a lot more uh, uh, collaboration uh, that needs to be that needs to be made. Uh, a lot more unity and just really building uh, a little bit stronger of a of a bond throughout all of our uh, communities out here in Denver, Colorado. Mm, excellent. Um... <laughs> What is your message for white people? What is your message for black people, black and brown people? Uh, my message for, for white people would be you don't always, you know, you don't always have to make an argument to be right, but you can always take the opportunity to view uh, different aspects of cultures, you know, um, just because you, you, you might not feel the way uh, that, you know, black people or people of color feel, you you can definitely uh, take the opportunity to at least um, understand or, or, or put yourself in their shoes or even to just, just you know, um, want to, to learn more more about it. You know, you don't have to take that, that, that standstill. Um, that's, that's definitely something I think, you know, can be, can be extremely beneficial for any culture, but that's definitely a message that I do have for white people. Uh, for for you know the black for the black culture or people of color, my biggest um, my biggest message message would be just just you know keep you know keep that that momentum going, keep everything, keep the hope alive, keep keep striving, no matter what you face, anything can be possible. Uh, you just work hard at it, reach out, you know, build, build a community. Uh, that's definitely something that is really needed at, at this point, you know, um, and more that we can, uh, you know, like I said before, collaborate, uh, the better, the better chances we, we, we do have on, on just making a successful, uh, future for the next generation. Oh, absolutely. Good. And then my last question is, since you are in Denver, you are from Denver, what are the things that you need people to do in Denver that you absolutely love? Oh, something that I need people to do in Denver? Yes, it's like, this is Denver. This is what I love to do. This is my town. Go do this. 
or go eat here, go see this. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely just visit a lot of local, local uh, small business shops, companies, restaurants, um, you know, black owned, uh, preferably, you know, but a, a lot of uh, support for all these small businesses right now. I, I do that at least every weekend. Um, even on my Facebook pages, I promote uh, small, small uh, uh, businesses as well. But that's something that's very important. It's not a, it, it, it hasn't been um, a, a actual culture that we've seen here in Denver um, until now. You know, now that it's popping, now that it's really, really taken off, that is something that, that I encourage people that, that live in Denver and the people that visit Denver to do, drive down uh, um, Montview or, or, you know, look up uh, small small businesses in Denver and definitely visit them and, and show that support as well. That's what, I, that's what I would like for people to do. Excellent. Okay, before we end today, do you have any, um, I forgot to say this and I really want to say it. And also, like, I want to say this one more time because it's really important. And just in case people aren't listening. Um, so, yes, actually, I do have something real quick. We do have a walkathon coming up on uh, October 10th. Um, and we're raising awareness for uh, education for our youth, um, mental education as well. Uh, it's going to be at Green Lawn Park. Uh, we want to just get the community together network um, and provide this, these uh, resources and, and kind of create that awareness and create that drive um, for our communities um, I think I think that's going to be an important aspect for our future and I want anybody to to be left out on it at all so definitely come to the event but you know it's not just about the event it's about making sure that uh, those resources are available so uh, that's, that's the biggest point right now yay and how do people find you connect with you send you money hire you send you love Oh yeah, they can they can visit righteousproject.org or they can visit my uh, my IG page for the Righteous Project. Uh, just a lot of information in there. Everything's easy to access. Uh, if you go to the website, all of the information is right there within the click of a button. Um, you can you can donate if you like. Uh, we we we're open for volunteers, and we're looking for sponsors as well. So I mean, it's kind of a, a world bag uh, an open opportunity uh, these opportunities also include skills that you can take and, and utilize uh, while look, looking for jobs as well so definitely reach out uh, and visit the website at righteousproject.org uh, for all that information excellent and i'll be sure to um, post that in the in my website melanated.sams.com and also my instagrams i'll tag you so that people can connect with you directly oh thank you so much bill it's been a pleasure to chat with you today Thank you very, very much. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Billy, for sharing your expertise. I strongly believe in the power of the shared story, and I am always honored when people desire and are willing to take the plunge and join me on my podcast. So you can support Billy's work and send him love, send money, support, joy, happiness, um, 
and follow his work online at Mr. Wayne ENT, Mr. MR underscore Wayne underscore ENT on Instagram and also on Facebook and his website, WayneMEnterprise.com and his 501c3 nonprofit organization, his righteousproject.org. All of those you can find on Melanated Stamps, my website, and also my Instagram page, just in case you're driving or does not or maybe you're grocery shopping and don't have a pen to write this down so um please check out my website melanated stamps m-e-l-a-n-a-t-e-d-s-t-a-m-p-s dot com and also the same handle on um facebook and instagram there you can also find past episodes where that i have done um with my series denver wild black and also some other conversations not just denver folks Um, all over the world and I deeply enjoy conversing with folks who are doing dope things if you know or you are someone who would like to be showcased on my podcast please send me an email send me a message dm me and we can get you on the airwaves I believe that regular folks are doing some incredible things and they need more attention and spotlight because we are all changing the world in some big or small way in our corners so Until next time, y'all, drink water, be kind to one another, advocate for the black and brown folks because it is hard out here for us. And also, um, go vote if that's what you guys are doing in your area. Yes, so be at peace, enjoy. See you next time. Bye-bye.